All right, Ephesians chapter 6 is where we're at this morning. It is sorrowful in that we are coming to the last chapter of Ephesians. You know, I know a lot of you are going, well, it's been a long time coming. All right, uh, but you know, for me, I've been speeding through this thing. All right, Ephesians 6, uh, we'll be looking at the first couple verses this morning. Uh, you know, as we've been talking about what does it look like to be righteous? That was really the theme of chapter 4. Uh, what does it mean to be righteous? And then he kind of dives in, all right, what does that look like in every period of our life, at, at every um, uh, atmosphere that we come into contact with? What does it mean to be righteous in the world? Uh, when you're amongst unbelievers who are telling you to uh, you know, do this or uh, luring you to do that, how do you live righteously in that environment? How do you live righteously in the church amongst your brothers and sisters uh, who sometimes we do not get along with? Uh, sometimes we get angry. That's what he said. Do not be angry. All right. Uh, be tenderhearted, forgiving toward one another. We are to live righteously in the context of the church. And then, of course, we know that that's not just the, uh, the, the two areas that we find ourselves in life, is it? No. What about the home? What about the home? That's where we spend the majority of our time, or at least maybe we should. All right. Uh, how do you live righteously within the context of marriage? That's what we looked at last week. Um, you know, we saw that husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church that deeply. We saw that wives are to submit to their husbands in everything, which is not just obedience, like what we're going to be talking about today with children. All right. But there is equal standing there. It is willfully and freely putting yourself under the leadership of another. That's what a wife is doing with the husband. They are following their husband. And the husband then has the responsibility of being uh, the person that deserves to be followed, right? Uh, that, that deserves to, to have that kind of a relationship with his wife. All right, and so this, this morning, as we go from the husband and wife, now we look at, all right, what does that mean for living righteously within the context of parenting? between a parent and their child, uh, or even children and their parent. Uh, what, how can you live righteously in that relation, uh, relationship? All right, so let, let's read these verses, and we'll pray once more. It is never uh, We can never pray too much in a service, all right? But we will pray once more, and then we will study it together. So uh, Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Let's pray. God in heaven, we come before you once again needy. Uh, Lord, we need you as we study this passage. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would use your Holy Spirit to help us understand the meaning of this text. Uh, Lord, that we would study it well this morning, that we would understand that we, we are not taking our own thoughts, our own ideas, and inserting them into Scripture, but we are wanting to find out what you have to say through your servant Paul. And I pray that you would help us to, to understand that and to apply it to our lives this morning. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said, how do we live righteously as parents? Parenting is hard. You know, I've only been at it for a couple years now. Um, but I have found out just even in the three and a half, almost four years that we've had Andrew, 
that parenting is a very difficult, but also a deeply rewarding experience. Um, but sometimes, you know, parenting can be just like marriage. It can bring out the best of you at times. You know, uh, like Valentine's Day, you could be super romantic and go out and get something for your spouse. Uh, you know, th- that can happen with parenting that you just, uh, one day you're just all about those kids and you're loving them and doing all these wonderful things with them. You're teaching them, but also it could bring out the worst in you. Uh, those moments when you get frustrated. Why aren't you doing as I say? Or even as your children grow up. Why are they living the way that they are? Why aren't they listening to me? So how, how do we live righteously in that? How, how do we be like Jesus? That's what righteousness means. That's what we've discussed before. Right, to do as God does. To say as he says. So how do we do that with our kids? One of the most important things we need to know as Christians. You know, every every Sunday we have our kids come up, right? Uh, We we pray over them. Uh, We're so excited for them. We send them down. Uh, But how do do we, even as a congregation, encourage one another, uh, encourage parents here to live righteously with their kids and for the kids also to live righteously with their parents? How do we do that? Well, Paul is very clear. You know, he, he's not going to use questionable language here. Uh, he's going to be very matter-of-fact with a lot of the things that he has to say. And he starts off very simply, talking to kids, talking to children. He says simply, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, as I mentioned, this is not like what he was talking about with husbands and wives. Uh, husbands and wives, that's a, that's a different relationship. Uh, you're talking about two equal partners. And one is to submit to the other, which means to put themselves under the leadership of another. But here, when we're talking about children obey your parents, there is no equal standing. All right? I know as a, as a kid, I remember hearing sermons like this and, and being like, what? I'm a person. <laughs> right? Uh, I, I'm just as much a person as they are. But it's understanding where you are at. Uh, who the authority is in your life and who put them there, uh, just as I had talked about with the little ones. All right, children, obey your parents. Uh, obey your parents. So there's not equal standing like husbands and wives. There is someone who is superior, and there is someone who is inferior. Not in a relationship of who they are as an individual, but at where they are at in their stage of life. All right, children, obey your parents. So that means that the children are to obey. What, well, what does it mean to obey? To fulfill the command, right? If a parent says to do something, the child is to do it. If the parent says something, that, pers- uh, that child is supposed to listen to them. There is a line of command. It's like the army, right? Uh, you, you join up. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't been in the army, but I, I've heard, I've seen a lot of movies and read a lot of books, all right? So I understand the main concept there, that you are to answer to that superior officer, all right? And you do it in a respectful way. And when they say to do something, it is your requirement to do that. It doesn't make you any less of a person, all right? But there is a line of command. And in parenting, it is the same way. 
that children are to simply obey their parents. You don't get an out. There is no situation where you get to say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Right? If you are a child, you have a parent, they tell you to do something, you do it. It's as simple as that. Line of command. All right? And he even says how they are to do it. He says, in the Lord. Our children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, some people have taken this. And because they don't want to deal with the overt language here of, you know, flat out, children, obey your parents. They want to make it more nuanced than that and make it more complicated. They take this and say, well, it's really talking about Christians. You know, that uh, obey your parents in the Lord. So if, if they're in the Lord, then you obey your parents. Well, kind of, but what they, they're taking there is saying that they must be Christians in order for you to obey your parents. Uh, and specifically for this context, again, you know, for us as a church today, you know, I'm, I'm preaching to kids and I'm preaching to parents who most of us would say that we're Christians. All right. Uh, but here in this context, you know, we're, Paul is talking to a church that was saved from horrible sin that was rampant everywhere. And we've talked about that many times. All right. And so we're talking about kids who probably uh, were Christians and their parents weren't. Or some of their parents at least weren't. And so he's not, he's not saying if your parents are a Christian, then, then you have to obey them. And if not, well, you don't have to obey them because they're not in Christ. No, they are put in your life for a reason. Uh, so even today, if your parent is not a Christian, that does not mean that you get an out of saying, no, I don't have to obey them. All right, but what does it mean then? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. What does it mean then to be in the Lord? Well, I think it's really dealing with two different things. The first is that it's about conviction. All right, the conviction uh, of glorifying God. You know, just as we talked about with husbands and wives, uh, we saw many times, uh, you know, verse 22, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Uh, husbands, love, love your wife like Christ loved the church. All right, we saw that there's a definite way of worship within the context of marriage. It's the same way with children and parents. Children are to obey their parents in the Lord as a way of worship. It's part of your conviction. Why do you do it? Because you want to worship God. Right? And specifically, he's talking to Christians, right? So we're, we're talking about Christian kids uh, who believe in the gospel. And they want to obey their parents because God has put them into their life as a way for them to glorify him. So in the Lord, there's conviction there. But I will say that there is also limitations here. In the Lord. You know, if you understand that a child is supposed to glorify God through their relationship with their parents in obedience, then you have to understand then, if, if a parent tells their child to do something that is sin, there is no way that that can be glorifying to God. He is holy, right? He is righteous. He is not going to accept sin as a form of worship. All right, so there is a limitation that is put on this. If that thing that you are being asked to do is sin, I'm, and I mean real sin, and you might be saying, well, that's weird. You know, I'm not going to ask my kid to go and, go and sin. As a youth pastor, I've seen it. And as a, as a pastor, I've seen it in disturbing ways. 
uh, of children who were led into believing that they had to obey their parents even when it was wrong and, and the things that happened from that. All right? Children are to obey their parents in the Lord as a way of worship to God, and that way of worship cannot be sin. All right, so there is that limitation. There is that out, if you will. All right, so uh, we also see this clearly represented to us in Acts chapter 5. Right? When uh, after Peter and John, they're outside of, uh, uh, of the temple there, and uh, there, there's that uh, lame man who is there, and they heal him, and they take him away after preaching the gospel, and they haul him away, and he's in, uh, these two are in front of the Sanhedrin, and they're being, basically being told, you better shut up. You know, do not preach the gospel. And they are then left there with a the question, what are we supposed to do? Obey God, because we're called to preach the gospel, or obey men? And so they say in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, we must obey God rather than men. So as, as it comes down to a relationship between a parent and a kid, you know, the, the only way that a, parent, uh, a child is not to obey that parent is if it is sin. And then you must pick to obey God rather than men. Um, but that, for us in our context, that, that might not happen all that regularly. Uh, and by the way, this is not then meaning, well, I don't think it's right. right. I'm talking about in Scripture, very clearly said, this is sin, then that you must confront your parent about that. But in all other things, you are to obey your parent. That's hard. You know, it's, it's, it's just as hard as what we've been talking about with husbands and wives. How, how incredibly difficult it must be to be a wife and have to submit to your husband, as Paul says, in everything. How difficult is that? And then as a husband, I know how difficult it is to try and love my wife as Christ loved the church. I love my wife, but I mean, to talk about that kind of love that, that cannot be put into words, that only has actions of self-sacrifice and giving and adoration, that's hard. And children are to obey their parents, period. That's hard. But, you know, as, as kids love to do, like I said, even with these little ones up here on the stage, uh, I know as, as a dad now for three years, my son, my oldest son, has been talking for two now. And uh, one of his favorite questions to ask me is why. Why, 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 why? Don't touch the TV. Why? Don't bring that lightsaber out into the living room. <laughs> Why? Don't, don't run in church. Why? And here, uh, I think God is really kind and gracious to us because he doesn't just give this command and then move on to talk about uh, you know, uh, different aspects of the relationship. He gives us the answer to the question that we all ask even and by the way, that doesn't stop with kids. We ask God why all the time, right? And when when we're put into hard situations, uh, we ask why God, why did you do this? We, that's the question that we always ask. It's part of our human nature, and God knows that, and He gives us the answer for why why children are to obey their parents in the Lord with a clear, concise answer because it is right. It is the right thing to do. Dekalos is, is the Greek word. It means proper 
It's a justified action. It's that same root that we get for righteousness. Uh, Why do we obey our parents? Because God says that it is the right thing to do. It's And if it is the right thing to do, then it is the opposite of sin. So to do otherwise, then, if if obeying our parents is right and it is righteous, to do the opposite is to sin. So what God is really doing is He's sheltering us from sin. Alright, so He says the children are to obey their parents. But there's more. And we're going to get into a question because I hope you're starting to raise your uh, your thinking caps a little bit and be all right. Well, well, when does that stop? Does that mean I have to obey? You know, for adults here, does that mean I have to obey my parents now? What? What? what how do I do that? You know, if I'm going to leave my own house. So we'll talk about that in a few moments here. But for children here, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. And He says. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise. Uh, This is a mix. Uh, Paul is quoting a couple different passages in the Pentateuch, which is the first five uh, books of the Old Testament. Uh, He's quoting uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5. He takes a little part from that, and he also mixes in a little bit of Exodus chapter 20. And so these, these different promises, these different commands, and he puts them together. All right, so, so he says, honor your father and your mother. All right, this is respect. This is giving someone the proper respect that they are due. All right, because of their status and because of actions. All right, uh, that's what honoring means. Respecting, uh, uh, respect uh, that someone is due Uh, because of their status or because of their actions. So as you look at the back of your bulletins here, you'll see that honoring one's parents is really honoring God for putting them into your life. That's why it is right. Honor your parents because God put them there. It's the status that they hold. Uh, you know, it, it's it's like maybe like like using that army example once again. That that superior officer, you don't have a relationship with them, right? Uh, you you haven't uh, maybe this is in basic training or something like that. You don't know anything about that commanding officer, but you know that their status says that you are to obey them. Uh, honoring is is like that, right? That you look at their status, your parents. God is the one who put them into your life sovereignly of his own free will to put those two individuals into your life for you to obey them and to honor them because of their status, to give them the respect that they are due. So honoring parents is really honoring God for putting them into your life. Uh, it's, It's a way of worship. It's a way of glorifying God is by giving honor to your parents. And sometimes uh, that, that's difficult. Different points of view come into play. I remember my teen years of uh, getting into conversations, I'll put it that way, with my father uh, about different things. Um, but there was, there was one thing that I, that I always had for him. In different points of view, but I always respected him. 
You know, and you could call him on the phone and tell you the same thing. All right, but uh, I, I respected him, even though maybe I disagreed with him. And even today, we'll talk about that difference of obeying and honoring as you grow up well, and what, what that means. All right, but there, there is that, that difference that is there. But you always, always respect. Because when you do that, you're respecting God. Because like I said to those little ones, you didn't go to the parents' store and pick out your parents and say, I want that one and that one, and I'm going to have these for my parents. No, God is the one who put you into that family and made those two parents be your superiors, and so you give them honor, and in doing so, you give honor to God. And here we see that it's the first commandment with a promise. Uh, a lot of people love to jump to the promise part, uh, but we have to see that it's a commandment. Uh, like I said, uh, uh, honoring your parents, this is not an option, you know, of maybe I do it, maybe I don't. It's a commandment, um, you know, and we're going to look at why that is, all right? A first commandment with a promise. There is that promise that is attached. There is something beneficial if you do this. This is not the reason why we do it, but it is an effect of honoring your parents. You will get something out of this from the Lord. What is that? Well, he says here that this promise is that, uh, verse 3, that it may go well with you. You'll be st uh, stable. I think that's the, that's the first part of that promise, stability. You know, as you honor your parents, you will be stable. You will be successful. You will have enjoyment, etc. All right? you, you will be able to have a good life. If you obey your or obey your parents as you're young and as throughout your entire life as you honor your parents, uh, you will uh, it will go well for you. There's stability. There's also longevity. That it may go well with you and you will live long in the land. Right, that, that's what he says there uh, at the end of verse three. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Longevity. Now again, this is a general proverb. All right. Uh, here, people take this and they say, "All right, well, that means if someone dies young, then they they obviously did not obey their parents." Well, we know that we live in a fallen world, uh, where where sin is everywhere, and that uh, the effects of sin are everywhere, and there's disease and other things. All right, this is a general promise, a general proverb. All right, if you honor your parents, generally, you will be more stable in life. We see that. I've worked with kids. Like I said, as a youth pastor, I, I've worked with kids that did not honor their parents. And you can see the lifestyle that they began to live at an early age. Uh, I'm talking like 13, 14, uh, you know, getting pregnant, getting into drugs, getting into different things. All right. And you see that that life for them. Uh, it's not a bright future. Right. If they were to obey their parents and began there in honoring the Lord through that. They could have saved themselves from a lot of heartache. Right? There could have been stability. There could have been longevity. Right? They would have a longer life. They wouldn't be living so dangerously, so recklessly if they obeyed their parents, if they honored their parents. Right? That's what he's talking about. And really, honoring parents fosters self-discipline. Right? Because you're disciplining yourself in that you are obeying them, you are honoring them. When they say something, you do it. 
Right? There, there's self-discipline, which leads to that stability and longevity. By the way, if you're wondering, yes, this is where uh, Spock gets live long and prosper. Uh, that, that's right here. Uh, that it may go well for you and that you may live long in the land. Uh, so what, what then is the, the role then for how we take that into our lives? All right? Most of us in this room are not children. All right? um, and that's really the, the core of where we start to break it down. All right, so what does it mean for us as we grow up? Because it's really easy to look at kids and maybe even some over here and say, all right, well, you're fitting into this category, children obey your parents, uh, and then honoring them. But then some of us in this room we, uh, who are a little older, we go, well, I don't have to obey my parent now, do I? Uh, what is the relationship there? Well, it begins with understanding that first part, children. That word is technia, means little ones. Uh, it, it always refers to children who are in the household. All right, so these are the the children who are living with you that you are taking care of. All right, uh, so as they grow up, as they are older and they take on more uh, responsibilities and they're mature and they move out of the house, then there is a different relationship that takes place. While they were they are under the house, they are to obey in every single way. All right, but outside of the house, and this is not just I'm I'm not referring to people uh, who well I don't want to obey my parents. I'm 16. I'm moving out of the house. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people who are mature, who have become adults, who are responsible. All right, and they then must have a different relationship. All right, so children is always referring to small children in the household. And so that obedience then is only for those as far as full obedience. Just as a matter of fact, you have to obey your parent in order for you to worship God in that relationship. It is between a parent and those kids who are in the household. And then once out of the household, what is the relationship? It's honor. We have no limitations whatsoever about honoring your parents. That is always supposed to be the case for a Christian. All right, uh, We have that commandment given all over the Bible, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, that uh, people of all different uh, places of life, adults who are being told to honor their parents. All right, that is what a Christian is called to do, always. So what does that look like? What does it mean then to honor your parents? Yes, you show them respect. But as far as a Christian, what should be that relationship with your parents? Well, first off, it means that when your parent tells you to do something or tells you their advice about something, that you respect that, that you listen to that. And that that should be a heavy indicator of what you are to do. This is not just, well, I have to hear them out. Uh, I, I know many times that I've had to talk with my dad about, you know, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to go to Minnesota. I'm going to be a pastor there. You know, what, what do you think about that? Uh, and I gotten, I've gotten his advice about it. I did not have to obey. I was married. All right, I had my own family that I was the head of the household, as Paul says here, uh, even uh, in uh, verse 23 of chapter 5. I was the head of my own household, but still, when he told me his advice, that was heavy with me. 
It's not just that you hear it and you ignore it. Those things that your parent says, even as an adult, should sit heavily with you. You should seek that out. Honor your parents by seeking out their advice about what to do in your life. Uh, Listen to them and let that be a heavy indicator of what you are to do. That's part of it. And we are called to honor our parents always. There is no cutting off point for that. Alright, so that, that's pretty heavy for the kids. That's a, that's a lot. And even for us, uh, I'm not just talking about the little ones, but then with the honoring for all of us. That's what we are called to do as Christians, to honor God in that relationship between parents and children. Alright, but then what is the responsibility of the parent? Alright, we've seen the responsibilities of the kid in the household. Obey in all ways. And then as uh, you grow up and you're out of the household, to honor always. All right, but then for the parent, what is the responsibility? Well, he starts off with talking to dads. He says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Now, I think this is referring to parents together, but there is a special tendency uh, for for the, the father to do this. And so I think he really directs it towards them. Uh, I know that I struggle with this in uh, a lot of uh, my life about just being kind of controlling. Uh, that, that's kind of my my personality and I struggle with it. All right, And, and to be patient is not something that comes easily for me. Uh, so I assume that other fathers struggle with the same. And so he's leaning this towards them, but he's talking about parents together as well. But he's really leaning towards uh, the father and says, Do not provoke your children to anger. Right, provoke means to irritate. It means to cause rage. That's what the literal word means. Cause rage. Um, an example could be made of, it's like putting dirt on a wound. What are you asking for? Just trouble. That's all you're asking for. There's no good that's going to come from that. So fathers, we are called, and I think parents together as well, are called not to provoke their children to what? To anger. We do not want to just make them angry. How do we do that? What are some of the things that we do as parents that provoke kids? Unreasonable demands. Yeah, unwanted advice sometimes. All right, but let's just start with that first one. Uh, Unreasonable demands. Sometimes we put so much pressure on our kids. You have to do this, you have to do this, you have to have the right attitude all the time, and we get so harsh and so critical. If there's one little ounce, there's one little ounce of uh, uh, disobedience, or even the, the thought that it might happen, they looked at you the wrong way. We jump. I know I do. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Petty rules. Some you know, good rules are good. To give a child uh, standards and and uh, limitations on what they are to do, it, it fosters growth. Research proves that. 
All right, uh, there are some great uh, works that George Barna has put out on being spiritual champions of children is one of his books. And it talks about how, how well, if you put rules and limitations in a ch- child's life, how well they will do compared to not. Right? Rules are good. But sometimes we can put so many rules. And rules that don't make sense. I remember as a kid, I listened to my pastor, and he was talking about how great he was as a parent. And sometimes, you know, some pastors just love to boast. I hope that never, if you ever see that from me, let me know. All right, but uh, he, he's talking about how, how great of a parent he is. And he was saying that, you know, I, I just had a rule for Micah, and uh, it didn't even make sense. I just had it there to test him. And he obeyed. That's what he's talking about. Do not provoke your child to anger. Don't have rules that don't have any point to them. Don't put on limitations just for the sake of having limitations. There should be a reason for it. You don't want to get to a place where when your child asks you why, that you are unable to answer. That is asking for trouble. And then unloving words and actions. I definitely think that unwanted or unwarranted advice would be under that. Or unloving words and actions, being harsh and cruel about how you see uh, who they are at, uh, where they're at as a person even. Where they're at in their development, whether it's about their spiritual development or just physically. Uh, being that parent who's yelling so loudly at that hockey game or whatever. Uh, just being so harsh and critical. You know, other parents are saying, go have fun. You're saying, kill them! You know, like... <laughs> Don't be unloving. Foster encouragement and growth into that child. You know, I, I was sitting over here, or standing over here as we were singing, and I think a good way of, uh, of uh, an example for this, I, you know, as we began to sing Cornerstone, there, there's a moment where uh, Avery has to really pound it out on the piano. And, you know, so I'm, I'm watching that, and I see Dean's face. And he's just watching his daughter play and the smile that he had. That's encouraging. You know, that, that's the loving words, loving actions that foster spiritual and emotional growth. All right, do not provoke your child to anger. But rather, what are we to do? You know, don't get, don't get so critical. Don't be so harsh. Don't be so cruel with your child. Yes, they are to obey you, but don't just put things in there for you to puff yourself up with, ha-ha, you have to obey this rule that I put there. Don't do that. But rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You know, um, parents aren't to encourage their children through loving and godly parenting, uh, but that does not mean that we never uh, have to correct them. You know, it's never, you know, when he's saying, do not provoke your child to wrath or to anger, uh, it doesn't mean never do anything that will slightly upset them. There's some times where you have to be harsh. You have to be critical. You have to put in that new rule that they're not going to like. That's part of parenting. All right, so he says, bring them up to raise that child. Uh, it's It's physical. Uh, that, that's what this, this word for raise up a child means. It's actually all one word in the Greek, raise up a child. It's talking about their physical growth. 
right, uh, feeding them, housing them, making sure they have the clothes that they need, uh, uh, everything that they need physically. I don't think that we really struggle with that a whole lot as parents here in Canada. Right? But we do struggle with the other aspect of that, of raising up a child, of spiritually raising them up, of making sure that they have everything that they spiritually need. It's caring for their soul. It's exactly what Paul was talking about with husbands and their wives, that they are to nourish and cherish her. That word cherish is basically what he's talking about here, of caring for their soul. Parents, and again, he's specifically leaning towards fathers. It doesn't mean that the wife gets out of it. They are to do this as well. Right? But specifically to dads, you are to care for that child's soul. You are to encourage them. To love them. And sometimes that means correcting them. All right? That's why he says here, um, discipline. How do you raise up your child spiritually? There's two things that you need to put into their life. Discipline is one of them. All right? It means to shape behavior through correction. All right? uh, that, that's what we've been talking about in Sunday school, about uh, the spiritual disciplines. You're, what are you doing? You're shaping your own life through correction, uh, through correction of the word, through correction of prayer, through correction of fasting and stewardship. All right? And dads and parents are supposed to be caring and correcting their child's soul. Uh, this starts with theology. I know. You guys, sometimes, you know, Pastor Dean getting in on theology again. But you need to make sure that your child is fully prepared for life. That they know the truth of the gospel. That they know those core doctrines. And yes, that means that at some point of their own free will, they have to believe and accept that. All right, but we as parents do all that we can to make sure that they know theology. So that when they get into college, when they get into high school, when they get in with their friends, that they don't get led astray by false teaching, by evolution, by you know whatever philosophy is out there. Discipline. Instruction. That's what we're talking about with that, that teaching, that theology. And where do we find this? What kind of discipline? What kind of instruction? And he closes it up with, of the Lord. That's how we are to raise our kids. By being loving, being encouraging, by not provoking them to anger, but raising them up in the spiritual discipline and instruction of God. And it's interesting. You know, just as children are to obey their parents in the Lord, so also parents are to raise their children in the Lord. And that, that shows us here really the core of what we're talking about with husbands and wives and with children and parents. And even next week when we get into uh, uh, masters and servants and how we can take that as employer-employee kind of a relationship in your work. Jesus is to be the focus. He's to be the focus and the hope of the home. That, that's in the back of your bulletins. If there's anything that you want to write down, I, I hope it's this. Right? Jesus is to be the focus and the hope of the home. You know, as you raise your child, as you teach them, as you discipline them in the Lord, 
You are focusing on Jesus. You are glorifying Jesus. And you are seeing Him as the hope. You do this so that your child will grow up to love and serve Jesus. You're looking to Him. It's not you on your own or with your spouse, you too on your own, raising up your child in the hope that they become a decent, functioning human being. It's more than that. You are not alone. You are working with God. And you use His teachings, His discipline to work in that child's life, to raise them up so that they can go again and serve Jesus. That's the point. So Jesus is the focus of parenting. He is the focus of the home. And He is the hope of the home. It's, you know, if parenting, if we had to do it on our own, uh, what, what a scary thing that would be. But we have a Savior who has given us so much truth in His Word that we can go to and find this is how we raise our kids. This is how we foster that, that desire to to love God and to serve Him. And for the, ch- uh, for the children, that is how you can obey your parents and the Lord. How can you go through such a hard thing? With Jesus' help. How can you go through and honor your parents throughout your life? Through Christ. And it is a way that we can glorify Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we do thank You for Your Word. I thank You for Your servant Paul, uh, for his... Um, his dedication to you and to your son, to the Holy Spirit, for his love for the saints and showing them uh, how do we live a Christian life uh, in the world and in and the church and even in our homes between a husband and wife and even between children and parents. God, I pray that you would help us to be a church of godly parents. Lord, uh, that we would be loving our children, that we would be serving them right, that we would not just be looking to uh, practical wisdom and common sense uh, for parenting, but that we would be going into your word, uh, that we would be focusing on Jesus, that he would be the hope of our homes, that when we uh, discipline our kids, when we instruct our kids, that we are constantly going back to the word and showing them why. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be parents who answer that question. Uh, and that we would answer it with the gospel. Uh, God, I pray that you would uh, bless even our children as they're downstairs. Lord, I pray that you would help us as a church to to uh, surround them, to, to love them, and to encourage them to follow Jesus. I ask this in his name. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.